BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, you, before we get into this podcast, big sale right now, and it ends on November 14th. So if you are listening to this on time, don't wait. Everything in my merchandise store is 35% off. And I've got some fun new stuff like pins that say I seem fun or girls will be girls or feminist AF. And then, of course, the holiday stuff is out. So get a fun I hate fun pillow and uh, or I'm just a jolly old soul trapped in a body and 35% off. That's going to make a difference. So go to jenkirkman.com, click shop. And from there, it'll bring you to the link to my tea public store. Wonderful, awesome, do it. And really quick, this weekend, I will be in San Francisco, Sunday night, November 17th at 7 p.m. I don't give a shit what sports crap is going on. You choose me over that. Thank you. And then three more shows to round out the rest of the year. December 13th, it is the Hollywood Improv Dysfunctional Christmas Show. I would love to sell this out in advance. Please get tickets today. I'm going to try to do a big push. I want to see 50 tickets sold this week. See if you can help me out. It's only 20 bucks. Go to jenkirkman.com, click tour. And then Friday, December 6th and Saturday, December 7th, I'm in Richmond, Virginia and Durham, North Carolina with an hour of my new stand-up, but there's also a touch of Christmas, so it's called Comedy with a Touch of Christmas. These are really fun shows. I'll be giving away free gifts. A portion of my book sales will go to your local food banks right there in Richmond in North Carolina, and right there in the new year, we've got starting the year off January 2nd through 4th in Sacramento at the Punchline. Those tickets are on sale now. Get the good front VIP seats while you can. JenKirkman.com, click tour, and then one little old night, San Diego, Sunday, January 12th. That's on sale now, too. Great. We got California, get it, four cities, California, yeah, in the next two months. Get it. Fondlessness, fondlessness, fondlessness. Having fondlessness, having fondlessness, having fondlessness with Jen Kirkman. Having Funlessness, episode 311. I am your host, Jen Kirkman. What is this podcast? Well, you know what? I will let my listener reviews tell you before you take a step further into this world. Recent review, Jen's podcast was one that I first ever consistently listened to. After watching both of her Netflix specials, I'm going to die alone and just keep living. I really relate to her Gen X point of view, being an older millennial myself, the youngest of four sisters, and growing up Catholic. I remember thinking when the, within the first five minutes of listening, I know this person. I grew up with this person. Jen just seems real. She cuts through the BS of topics of the day while also delving deep on why she feels that way that she feels about a particular subject. I also find that her podcast is unique and that it's been around longer than a minute, isn't a celebrity interview podcast, and most importantly, is solo hosted. This is fucking refreshing. I can't stand the shtick of co-hosts one-upping each other with witty comebacks. It's annoying, and I'm too old and tired to listen to that kind of podcast. Having funlessness is perfect for all of these reasons, so give it a listen and subscribe. And one more real quick. 
Jen, an accomplished comedian, lets us into the mundane elements of her life, and it's unlike anything on here. She's not here to be funny. She's here to show us how someone at her level can still struggle, deal with inane and annoying facts of daily life, and it's a whole lot of fun. I'm not easily annoyed, but Jen sure is, and it's interesting how cathartic it can be listening to someone rant and work out her thoughts in podcast form. I enjoy how real she is, and as I rarely complain about things in life, she feels like an inner voice that's just saying it for me. Jen, keep up your musings. You're so witty and well-spoken. I truly miss miss the perspective of our Generation X and deeply enjoy you sharing this perspective. Keep it up. There you go. Does it sound like something you'd like? Then come on in. Now, well, you're already in. The theme song is already played. Here's what we're going to talk about this week. My hot take on Keanu Reeves' girlfriend and why it is important to compliment him about this. And we cannot start with this. She's still nine years younger than him. I'm going to explain why this is a good thing. Their relationship, I mean. I'm just going to talk a little bit about my week. I might be a little name droppy. I had a, I had a week of celebrities that meant something to me in the 90s and still do. And then we're going to talk about these fucking gender reveal parties that are killing people. People are dying worldwide from explosions, plane crashes, just so people can have a party where they go, it's a girl, it's a boy, nobody fucking cares. And we've got some listener emails. People want to talk about working out. Maybe it's a good thing to talk about it as we get into the holiday season. Maybe it's something you can get into before you decide, yeah, I'll give up for the year and just start again. Um, Okay. And away we go. Now, oh, I just got invited to something really cool. Sorry. <laughs> well, I check my email during the podcast. So it's just up. It's not that I'm checking it. Okay, so here's my hot take on Keanu Reeves. Listen to me. He's a guy that the internet loves. Oops, I never hit record on this. Not on the podcast, on my thing. Keanu Reeves is a guy that the internet Loves. He's had a resurgence in the past couple of years. The past couple of years, I've certainly talked about him on this podcast. That he was on a plane that almost crashed, and then he helped everyone navigate their way on this shuttle bus to I don't know Sacramento, California, or something like that. He's uh, he just seems like a nice person. Everybody's all up in arms and worried about him because he had a big relationship a long time ago, but she died in a car accident. And then, of course. His best friend River Phoenix died, and everyone likes to project and be codependent on him and be like, he needs love, and we don't know what, what he's doing in his life. But uh, but he is rarely seen linked to anyone romantically. Now, when we talk about how awesome some guy is over and over, inevitably, <laughs> that same year, it's like, oh, they raped everybody. And then we're like, oh, no, we liked him. So... I was relieved that when I saw Keanu Reeves trending, it wasn't like, oh, he real quick also was raping everyone while saying really smart stuff about philosophy. And I was like, what's going on now? And it turns out he was seen making a red carpet debut with a woman by the name of Alexandra Grant. Now, he's 55 years old. And his girlfriend, which was very clear, they were holding hands, people. That's what you do when you're a grown-up. You hold hands. You hold hands, and it means you're in love. So his 46-year-old artist girlfriend, they were at the LACMA, that's Los Angeles, art and film gala. Uh, Media outlets jumped on the chance to report the couple's first outing as a couple, seemingly forgetting that the pair had already made two previous red carpet appearances as a couple and they have been photographed several times around Los Angeles so I don't know I mean there's so much going on impeachment Donald Trump half of the GOP are Russian agents I mean it's a lot it's a lot we might not always get to oh Keanu Reeves has a girlfriend he was just photographed with her we might we might miss some stuff so so what's the controversy here and what and what's there's two controversies one is that this shouldn't be a big deal a man has a girlfriend who's roughly his age. And then the other hot take, which a lot of comedians are doing, and that's kind of our job is to take a contrarian point of view. They're like, um, can we not celebrate a guy just because we think 
just because unlike some guys who are dating women 30 years younger than them, that she's still nine years younger than him. I mean, let's not celebrate him. And mine is mine is somewhere in the middle where I go, actually, we do have to celebrate him. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but that's where we're at. And let's take a moment to breathe and be at that place in society. And let's look at why it's important. And if you find what I say ridiculous and you go, that shouldn't that should already be norm. Then you go, yeah, well, we got to work on this. But we can't just blow past it and go, oh, whatever. She's nine years younger. It's still bad. It's not. And and I'm going to explain. So, but this article says the preoccupation grants age as age appropriate, despite being almost a decade as junior, has been a cause of celebration that seems tinged with ageism. No, here's the deal. They're saying that this woman is considered age appropriate because at first glance, her naturally grayed hair caused a lot of people to, to misjudge her age, thought she was even older. And some people thought she was Helen Mirren, who's 74 years old. Now, here's the deal. I don't think we're getting the full scope of this Alexandra Grant woman. She's an artist, and I don't believe her hair is naturally gray. I believe she did that thing where you dye your hair that kind of gray silver color that a lot of the kids are doing. But when you are in your 40s, it can look like, oh, this might be her real hair. But I can tell just from the punk rockerishness of her that it's probably maybe a little of both. Maybe she was going gray and was like, let's dye this, that new white thing that's going on. And and I don't know if, if men, if you aren't aware of this, women were dyeing their hair like sort of this whitish color, but also was a little bit gray. And it was a big thing. And even like people like your Kardashians or your younger women were doing it. It's some color that I never thought looked that great on some people, but it's been a kind of a trend for two years. If anything, it's on its way out. So, but they were at a fancy event. So she had her hair up, which I think made her look a little older, if we could say that. And I think that it 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 took, when you have a punk rocker kind of hair color, but you do a normal do, it sort of undoes the punk rockiness of your hair. And so I think that by putting her hair up, it made the, cool, trendy, white, gray dye job actually look like an older woman with her natural hair up. It was just something about the do was a little conservative. So anyway, now everything I'm going to say is going to sound insulting. So I'm going to say it as delicately as I can. She is a tall, thin woman. Is she anorexic thin? No. She's beautiful. Does she look all jacked up like plastic surgery trying to look 20? No. She just looks normal. And and I mean by normal even even better than normal. Nothing like you people out there that I saw at the Dallas Fort Worth Airport, but you know what I'm saying. She looks fantastic. She's a gorgeous woman, but she's definitely very unique. We don't often see this kind of artist kind of person. We always see this more jacked up. I've got my plastic surgery, I've got my plumped up lips, you know, I've got my Super duper tiny waist. And and all these are valid looks, by the way. But I'm just saying that Keanu Reeves is a famous movie star. He's, you know, single and in his 50s. That's not usually the way it ends up going. There's plenty of men who are in their 50s who are famous, who are married to age-appropriate, in quotes, normal women. Of course, your Tom Hanks, your Robert Downey Jr.'s, your Ted Danson, of course. But we're talking about a single man in his 50s, and she's 46. Now, again, yeah, it's still a nine-year difference, but I'm going to be 46 next year. And I am already noticing, I think, I think sometimes I'm having, like, early menopause symptoms. Like, sometimes it's so hot that I feel like the inside of my body is like a tropical rainforest. And I'm like, what's going on? And it comes and goes and it feels like a fever, but worse. And I go, is that, was that like a, a mini hot flash just to let me know that in five years, the big one's coming? You know, there's little things that start to happen or those moments where you go, oh, I kind of lose a little bit of that fat on my thigh. And then you go, oh, that's not fat. That's loose skin. Oh God, skin gets loose. You know, there's little things that start to happen. And when they start to happen, uh, you know, women's bodies, we've got this menopause thing, which does age us uh, on the inside by 50. Men don't have 
a thing. You, you might get a prostate cancer. You might, obviously, you get your wrinkles and your grays as well. But your reproductive system doesn't shut down, which is really just such a sign of youth, right? And it and it takes a toll on us psychologically. And it whether we wanted kids or not, just knowing that an entire system, a system is shutting down. If you're on a space shuttle, you don't want to hear that, that one of your systems is shutting down. And you go, oh, no, 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 it's totally fine that that system shuts down. It shuts down after about 50 years. And then you just fly on one on one um, engine. And so it just feels weird. I can just tell you that. And so when I talk to men who are 55 and they're starting to get their aches and pains in their prostate, it feels kind of equal. It feels kind of equal. And I don't think that 46 is so much younger because women have this aging thing that kind of happens in their 40s. And also, I think, you know, there's something about 46 and 55 that's simpatico. 36 and 46, eh, that's where I start to go, dude, do you need to date a 36-year-old? There's plenty of women your own age that are doing great. So I think it's a big deal because not only of what she looks like, that she presents as, you know, not this stereotypical, in quotes, hot kind of woman that you put on your arm in order to feel better or look younger your own self. It seems like a real equal. And we don't see that a lot. Representation, right? That's important to people. That's a big theme in everything. My politicians, I want them not just to be straight white men. If you're, you know, if we've had many, like it, it's important to the other people to go representation. So women my age, we're like representation. It's, it's exciting to see single people at this age and Keanu's age coming together. Now I have single male friends in their 40s, who will not, on dating apps, put women their own age as an option. One of my friends says this is because he has changed his mind and he might want kids. And he just wants the option. And there's something about that that is so inherently just, it's just unfair. Like, biologically, it's just, you know, God is a man, okay? And so I just think, well, what if there's a 45-year-old woman your age that also wants kids? Maybe you guys could adopt. You know, maybe you'll meet a woman that is a single mom and you fall in love with her kid. I mean, you've seen a Hallmark movie. Maybe you have can in vitro or get a donor or get who the fuck knows. But there's this like, it's like it stops the conversation when someone goes, well, I might want kids, so I have to go younger. It's like, well, I can't argue with that except that I can. It, it's It's... They're using that, I believe, as an excuse, but it sounds official. And so they're like, well, I, it's actually for an altruistic reason. I'd like to have a family. And you're like, yeah, but so far you're not doing anything that looks like having a family. You're dating 24-year-olds and having a lot of sex. So I'm just saying. So it's always kind of really gross. And when you get to be my age, um, you do really see, maybe it's more of just an L.A. thing, of... Like, if I had a crush on a celebrity who was 55, I, my first thought would be, oh, I'm too old for him, even though I'm 10 years younger. And it's turned out to be true in a few cases. There were people that I was like, oh, I kind of like them. I wonder what their deal is. And then someone was like, oh, they don't date their own age. And I was like, but I'm not their age. I'm 10 years younger. They're like, nah, it's the same. And I'm like, Ugh. So, you know, I think it is important. I think it's cool. And I think it makes women feel good. And I think it shows men what a normal thing looks like. And instead you've got a, a, who was it recently? Was it, oh, and he was just on this season of Goliath. Anyway, some older actor is now dating like a 23 year old. And I'm just like, it's a mental illness on everybody's part. Hers too. You know, I, I can't take it anymore. I really can't take it. So the reason I don't think we need to slam him and go, it's only nine years younger. I mean, that's still pretty much younger. It is but when we're talking 40s and 50s, we're starting to equal it up, right? Now, when he's 80 and she's 71, she might be like, you seem old. And that, that's up to her at that point. Anyway, I wish them the best. They seem cool as shit. And uh, good for him. Good for him. Good for her. Both seem like great people. That's that's my hot take on that. I hope that I thought I hope that was hot enough for you all. There's something magical about unboxing. 
When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. So this week, do you ever have something that you're just like, ah, you keep replaying in your mind and you're like, I'm the worst. I, um, Kim Gordon, formerly of Sonic Youth, now solo artist and also visual artist as well. She has a new solo album out and it's called No Home Record or Record. Either It's like Billy Ocean's Caribbean Queen. How do you pronounce it? So I've met her before. She came to one of my shows once, and then I interviewed her for something years ago that was just available on Amazon's podcast thing, and it was about Christmas. It was a limited thing. It, it came and it went. So we know each other a little bit, and I got my people were contacted by Playboy.com and said, Kim wants Jen to interview her for this interview she has to do for Playboy, and I was like, oh, man, oh, I don't want to fuck this up. And so then I got the instructions from Playboy.com that I need to talk to her about sex. And I was like, why can't I just show up at her? So I got to go to her house, which is super fun. But I show up and go, eh, let's talk about sex. Because, I mean, she's like an acquaintance of mine. And, a, and also I really admire her work and her life. And her book, Girl in a Band, is fucking amazing. And so, but we did end up... Um, you know, having a discussion about, you know, sex and like, do you use dating apps and all that stuff? I don't know what's end up going to end up in the article, but that for me was, it's still kind of one of those things where I go, Jen, this is a human being. Um, and it's totally fine if you're not the world's best interviewer, but I'm so talkative and she's more contemplative and quiet that I, when I sent the the audio recording to Playboy, I just had this shame spiral that I went into where I was like, oh my God, I talk so much. And I just told them, just transcribe it really, really get my questions down to one sentence because I'll go into this whole thing. And I think the way I interview people is more like, it'd be better if you saw it live. So, which by the way, somebody mentioned on the review I just read, this isn't an interview show, but we are going to do a Patreon. It will be happening in the new year. And one of the tiers will be you'll be able to get my bonus. There's going to be a lot of bonus content at every tier, but one of the tiers will be I will do a one-hour interview with a celebrity once a month, either in studio or I might do it live because I want to do a show at the Hollywood Improv called Real Talk where I just talk to someone. So either way, I'm I'm working on those skills. Um, but yeah, it, it was totally fun and fine. And then... Uh, at the end of it, I heard this guy come into our house and he was like, hello. And she's like, oh, that's my friend. I'll just give him a fake name, Jim. And I go, OK. And she goes, are you dating anyone? I go, no. She goes, oh, I should introduce you to Jim. You tell me if you like him. I go, no, no. I just like wasn't in that headspace that day. And I was like, eh, no. And she's like, OK. And I was like, I have to pee. And then I went pee. And then I came out and then he was there at the kitchen table with her. And I was like, hello, nice to meet you. And she had told me like, oh, he is from California, but lives in Paris and does art or something. And then I said, um, I didn't ask him a goddamn thing about himself. I just said, hello. And then I asked Cam, like, what are you guys doing today? She was like, oh, I might get something to eat. And then we're going to go to my studio. I'm like, your studio, music studio. She's like, no, my art studio. I'm not, you know, she spent the interview telling me she really doesn't see herself as a musician, which is hilarious to me because she tours the world as a musician her entire life. But I get what she's saying. And so, um, and then I just freaked out. I was like, I gotta go. And then I left. And then I was like, well, that's real nice work. Someone like I could be Keanu Reeves. He could be, I, I think he's younger than me. He could be my Alexander Grant, you know, the guy from the art world, 10 years younger. But I, I, I freaked. I just, I'm not in that headspace. Um, I'm just not in that headspace right now. And I, I, I'm embarrassed that I ran out the door. So I might throw her a text and be like, Sorry I ran out the door. I am a weirdo. 
Um, I'm get I get so much shy, more shy as I get older. And so, um, but I had an amazing moment on, uh, I got to do David Spade's show again. And I know this sounds like namedrop.com, which is a great website, <laughs> but you have to understand that there are certain people I've just always loved and admired. And the fact that I get to meet them because we're doing the same job that day, it, it will never, and I hope it never does, it will never be easy for me to comprehend. It will never be easy for me to accept. There will always be a sense of wonder. There will always be this moment where I'm like secretly on some kind of contraption trying to telegraph back to my teenage self going, do you see this? Do you see who you're hanging out with? Get Earth to teenage Jen. Get Come here. And I think that's a little bit what it's like when I get to hang out with Kim, even though I like her and I want to treat her like a normal person, I do. But there's something in my head that's still like, oh, my God. I used to watch The Year Punk Broke in my home over and over. 1991, The Year Punk Broke. I highly recommend that documentary. It's about a, a great tour that happened in Europe with Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., The Ramones, Nirvana, Hole. I mean, come on, people. Really good. Uh, Babes in Toyland, like just all the all the the grunge hits. So, man, was my existence really white, though? I mean, it really was. Um, I was starting to pitch a book idea this year about Gen X. And then I was like, this is so white. Like, I can't boil Gen X down to like just my white shit. Um, so I was like, this idea is not good. <laughs> this idea is just not good. Um so anyway, but um, I was on David's Spade show and Dana Carvey was doing a character who's doing Tony Montana. And so, you know, I obviously loved a lot of his characters on Saturday Night Live growing up. And and uh, but recently I've really enjoyed him on talk shows talking about his anxiety and going to therapy for the first time. He's in his 60s, I believe. And, you know, childhood trauma and all this. And what, you know, when people always ask, how'd you get into comedy? Were you a funny kid? Or they try to be analytical and they're like, did you have a fucked up life? Is that why you're a comic? It's like, it's never as simple as people make it. It's more like you have anxiety. You don't know what it is. You don't even know that you have it. You have no idea what it's like to be another person. So you can't even measure. But you do these weird things, almost like on an OCD level, that is flooding your brain with serotonin and making you happy. And you don't even know you're doing it. And so I'm sure I did my share of that stuff as a kid. And it was all focused around, you know, entertaining myself, really. And so he always talks about how he grew up in a really tough household and he makes noises to make his brain happy. Like all those impressions he does, he's trying to think of them as a series of noises and rhythms and tones and this. And I just thought that was a great realization and it really helped me to understand there really is no good answer for that dumb, boring, they think they're being smart, but they're totally being basic. Were you funny as a kid or were you fucked up? It's neither. It's it's neither. So, and I love this thing he does. I've, I've talked about it on this show before. He does it on Howard Stern. He does it on Conan where he does Paul McCartney talking to John Lennon from heaven. And he does both voices and it's so fucking funny. And John Lennon is just asking him questions about what's going on. And like he doesn't know what Twitter is or who Kanye West is. And Paul's trying to explain it to him. It's my favorite thing ever. So, when we did the show, um, what I love about the David Spade show is during the commercial break, he actually comes around and talks to everyone, but not about the show. He's just like, what are you doing? What's your life? How are you doing? And then he'll, he just has, David Spade has just so many stories. Like I was backstage with um, this woman, Jessica Kirsten, who was on the show with me and we're old friends from New York. Like we used to do stuff on the scene together, like the late nineties. And so he was like, Oh, do you guys know each other? And I was like, Oh yeah, we like knew each other in New York. And he was like, Oh, I'm a loser. I'm from Arizona. I'm like, you lived in fucking New York. You were on Saturday night live. I saw it with my own eyes. He's like, yeah, but I didn't really, then he just told me all these stories about like going home on the weekend. and Like how he didn't really know how to navigate New York. And, but it just blah, blah, blah. Like all these fun stories come out and he just tells me about like everyone back then. And it's just neat to get to hear. And so Dana did the same thing. Like during the commercial break, 
he came over to myself and to great Greg Fitzsimmons. And he's like, I know both of your comedy. You're very funny. And that's just that's such a kind, generous thing to do. You do not have to behave like that to comedians who are generations younger than you, who you don't know. It's such a nice thing to say, whether, even if it's not true, the, the perfect thing to say. And we did this like post interview segment for the Internet and his character was supposed to come in and interrupt. And it was really funny. And then we all ended up chatting, me, Greg, and Dana, for like an hour afterwards. And we just talked about anxiety and like fear of flying and all this stuff. And it was just really great. And I I was, have to say I'm really glad I started working on my anxiety younger because it doesn't – that's like the one thing that I'm always like, oh, things get better when you get older. It, it, things do, but something like anxiety really can – um, double up on itself and it can become progressive. And so it's really good. It starts voting for liberal candidates is what I mean by progressive is that it can really be something that you need to have your tools around it now because it, it'll stick around. But if you do nothing about it, it'll stick around and maybe get worse. So I got to see, you know, like there were so many areas where he was talking about stuff that I was like, I really think I licked that. And it was, you know, not like, hey, guys, I just want to brag. I'm like really more in control of my anxiety than one of your favorite uh, comedians. But he was so fun and so nice. And I got to tell him about um, that I love his impression of Paul and John. And then I just told him about a few sketches that I remember watching late night on Saturday Night Live, like the ones that are from 1255 a.m. to 1 a.m. that nobody sees, but like the punk rock kids watching with their friends. And um, he didn't even remember some of them. But it was just fun that I got to have that conversation, especially because teenage me wasn't even fucking allowed to watch Saturday Night Live with my friends. My mom, if she hears this again, she's going to be sad. I didn't. I just I didn't know. But my, we would all go to my friend's house and watch it. And my mom would pick me up at 1030 at night usually. And I'd go home and be like, but it starts at 1130. That's too late to be out. Bad things can happen. So I would go home and watch it on the phone with the cord stretched around the thing, reaching the living room chair. And watch it on the phone with my friends. And uh, and look, and then me, I got to meet some of the people from the show. So that's kind of fun. Great story. I wish I could tell you all the stories we said backstage, but I feel like that wasn't the deal. Like, let me tell you some personal stories, and then you can go on your podcast and say them. But we did make a plan. Um, Dana and I will be on Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast. We're recording it next week. I don't know when it comes out, but I will definitely post about it. Um, so you guys can have extra fun. And please do follow this podcast on Instagram. It's not the title is having funlessness, but the at handle is at Jen Kirkman podcast. I felt like that might be easier to remember. So go follow along. I'll put interesting stuff in the stories. I've kind of like backing away from the Facebook thing because I'm just so tired of it. And uh, there's just so many places to post things. I'm like, you know what? Instagram and Twitter is fine. And once we get the Patreon going, that's going to be super fun. So there you go. But, oh my God, I don't know if you guys have already started your holiday shopping, but if you want to get like a really good gift that looks fancy, but isn't overly expensive, but is actually really good quality and it's jewelry, I'm telling you, this is your website. I have pieces from there. I have a ring. I have a rose gold necklace. I love it so much. So you're going to go to oratenewyork.com. So the company is called Orate and it's spelled A-U- R-A-T-E. But they told me it is pronounced orate. So don't give me your orate or whatever your fucking accent is. Orate. That's what they want you to say. A-U-R-A-T-E. So go to A-U-R-A-T-E New York.com and then slash fun. And you're going to use promo code fun and you're going to get 15% off of your first purchase. So here's the deal. It's fine jewelry. It is made in New York City. So that is made in America. It's founded by women. The pieces range from classic to statement to just completely original. They make the jewelry you've always wanted but can never find. I can completely vouch for this. That's exactly how I felt about it. Insanely good quality. The gold feels substantial and the diamonds sparkle and they shine. Because it's all real gold, you can wear it and never have to take it off. You can shower in it, do your sports in it, sleep in it, cook, whatever. It's jewelry for life. All R8 pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts. 
It's low price for high quality. They basically hacked the jewelry market, making real gold accessible. They can offer the same quality as a traditional Fifth Avenue brand at a fraction of the cost because they're selling directly to you over the internet. You can do so much on the computer now. Just they just do right. They do everything on the computer now. My kids, they they buy jewelry. They have companies that are only on the internet. You go, where's the store? They go, no, it's on the internet. I go, but where is the internet? Nobody knows. It's ethically made in New York City. It empowers women. And for every piece sold, a child in need receives a book to further their education. I like that because a lot of companies go, hey, we're selling socks. And then a child in need gets a free sock. But you don't want to be like a child in need gets a diamond necklace. I mean, that's great. But I think a book is a better call. So they made the right choice there. Anyway, Orate was started by Orate. I did it wrong again. Orate. It was started by two friends during brunch. One of them got a green finger. You know that that happens. You buy a ring. It looks really cool. And then it turns your finger green because it's not real gold. And you're like, what the fuck? I paid a lot of money for this. And they were like, you know what? We're tired with the traditional jewelry market. They were founded on the desire to shake up the jewelry market by offering modern women beautiful designs, amazing quality at affordable prices, ethically sourced pieces that they can wear any day. They're looking to set the standard for women because women deserve the best. And I'm going to throw it out there. I know my listeners. I see all I see all guys there at my shows with your nail polish and your accoutrements. So get yourself some jewelry too. I say all all genders, everything, man, woman, everything in between. Let's, let's get on this jewelry. Um, but if you are someone who, uh, you know, isn't going to wear it yourself, but is buying it for someone else, trust me, the woman in your life will love Orate. Like, just go straight there. Don't try to go to Macy's and shop. Just go straight there. Now, here's the deal. Um, I'm spelling it for you again. A-U-R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash fun. And then use promo code fun. A-U-R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash fun. And I will put the web site uh, on my Instagram and Twitter this week so that you can see it. All right, there you go. High quality, great value, real gold. You're going to love it. So, my God, is this this episode so boring this week? I feel like I'm boring. I mean, I don't really know what to say. Um, I really don't. I feel like I'm about to get a cold because I actually had fun this week. Every time I have fun, I feel like I get sick. I, I, I did something I never do. I got off a plane I mean, I always get off a plane. I usually just stay on until the armed guards come. No, but I got off a plane. I had two flights um, out of Milwaukee because there was no straight through flight. And, you know, by the time I got off the plane, it was three o'clock. I'm like, I'm so tired. But my friend Sarah Colonna and I went to see um, Rhett Miller at Largo. Again, another name drop. He's a friend of ours. We went to see him. He did like 20th anniversary of some of his music. It was super fun. And then Sarah and I, who we both listened to the Howard Stern show, we just kept going, Lago! If you listen to the Howard Stern show, you totally get that one. Anyway. Um, and by the way, then just by showing up, I saw Flanagan and he was like, he's a guy that owns Largo. He's like, hey, come do a show on Thursday. So if anyone's listening to this that lives in L.A. on Wednesday, on Thursday night, I'll be at Largo with Kyle Dunnigan, Bill Burr. I forget who else, all kinds of fancy peeps. So you can go to that show at eight o'clock on Thursday, but here's the dealio. You still have to come to my Christmas show. It's not like, oh, I'll go to that instead. No, 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 no. That's not what you do. So, but anyway, so I'm, I'm deciding to give this like CBD world another whirl. So I go to MedMen where you get your CBD, your THC. Now I don't do good. I don't do well with edibles. It, It just isn't my thing, but I wanted some like, you know, CBD with maybe like a 10% THC, like just something for if I'm having anxiety or I need to relax or something. Um, And I go into the store and I'm talking to this girl and she's explaining this gummy thing to me. And somebody else just has a clipboard there and they look at the clipboard and they look at me and they go, Jen Kirkman? And I go, yeah. And she goes, hey. And then that was all she said. And then she went around the counter. So I started following that woman because I thought she was calling my name because there's all this like you check in outside. They take your license. They scan it. Then you go inside. And then she was yeah looking at I said clipboard iPad. She's looking at her iPad and they go, don't go behind the counter. Don't go behind the counter. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. She called me. She's like, I was just saying I recognized you, but she wasn't saying she recognized me. She said, Jen Kirkman. I said, yeah. She said, okay. Or hey. And then I got like, I don't want to be recognized at the weed store. Like I feel, 
I'm already paranoid already about, this is why I don't, shouldn't do weed, but I, like, I feel paranoid already that I'm doing something wrong, even though it's completely legal. My parents and I talk about this stuff. Well, who am I getting in trouble with for getting a, a 90-10 CBD THC gummy? So I go in, um, I, I just get weirded out when they have to like scan your license. I'm like, am I some in some database? Am I going to get rounded up? I used to think having a dealer seemed scary. I never had a, a dealer. I never was. I never did pot when it was on the underground, <laughs> and uh, and now I'm like, this seems scarier. Actually, everyone's got my ID, the iPad. Anyway, she recognized me from. She named not my podcast, but uh, my friend Michael McMillan's podcast, the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Had been on a few episodes. Was, she's like, oh yeah, I recognize you from that. Now I don't know if she recognized my voice because certainly not a video podcast. I don't know. Listen, I, she didn't get into it, but um, and then that was it. It was like. Okay, thanks. Good to see you. And I was still in shock from that that I went around the counter and got got yelled at. Um but anyway, I like the little gummy they gave me. It certainly did help um with just some post travel needing to needing to calm down, right? And uh so that's my exciting story about that. I know. I mean, what is going on this week with my brain? It's just like not working. So we're going to talk about gender reveal parties. Um, let's talk about working out first. And we'll end on gender reveal parties. Because like literally three people have died in three different incidents. And I'm, I can't even take it anymore. But um, two people have emailed me about workouts. One, one person said, Jen, I was considering starting incorporating some Pilates into my routine. I normally do tai chi, tai chi and I feel like my limbs are already substantially developed, but I think paying more attention to my core would be beneficial. Have any hot inside rich bitch Hollywood tips on Pilates? I certainly do. And I I will tell people that it's one of the greatest things I've ever done for my back, for my core, which when you say core, I feel like people think you're just trying to have hot abs. And that's not really the point. It's really that everything we do, like holding ourselves up as our core, we tend to use our, our neck for everything. And it's also just, it's the way that my body likes to move. But I do the reformer classes, so you're on these machines, which I find in a weird way easier than the mat classes. Because when you're on the mat classes, it's a lot of lifting up, and that's when my neck gets involved. And so I do Pilates reformer. Now, Pilates is a really great workout for men because it actually challenges men even more because men have a different center of gravity than women. And so men tend to do, and just a lot of cultural things about the way men work out. So a lot of Pilates movements are slow and controlled, and they're super hard, and your entire body will be sore the next day. But men are used to, like, pulling it hard, you know, aggressive grabbing and, like, let's do lift weights. And so a lot of times men snap at the machines too hard, and then they lose their balance and they fall. Because it's about using your core to hold yourself up while you're doing these leg and arm things. And if you, like do it too fast or you try to pull too hard or use too much weight, you're going to tip over. So this is sort of like a new experience for men. And actually, Pilates is the last name of the person who invented it. His name is Joseph Pilates. I believe he's a a Greek guy. And he invented it for soldiers coming back from World War II. Yeah, he's a German of Greek descent. And um, he created it. Because he was a circus performer and a boxer, and he was placed in forced internment in England at the outbreak of World War I. While in the internment camp, he began to develop the floor exercises that evolved into what we now know as Pilates mat work. So the six principles are centering, you know, strengthening your powerhouse or your core, concentration, concentrate on the correct movement each time, lets you do them uh, correctly, and then... uh, control, precision, flow, and breath. And so the main purpose of Pilates is strength, flexibility, and endurance. And it's kind of a mind-body thing, right? Core stability, flexibility, muscle control, posture, and breathing. And uh, so there you go. I mean, he ended up using this to help soldiers, I believe it was after World War II, who needed... I'm going to find that... um, I believe who had to get, they had to get their beach body back. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was on that Normandy beach and I just felt like I didn't have my beach body. And they're like, oh my God, you're not doing Pilates. 
That's not true. That's not true. Why would you even make that joke? Um, he would do stuff for wounded veterans. And uh, his methods were to rehabilitate seriously injured veterans, help them, you know, learn to walk again, get control of their course. So it's actually a very manly pursuit for you men out there who are not sure. But usually you will see a lot of mostly women in your classes. Um, there are some classes in L.A. that are like for men. Because we, we got to go easy on the men. And I, I'm actually not being sarcastic right now that um, there's a lot of bullshit out there in culture that tells men that this isn't masculine or that is. And there's a lot of things that get associated with femininity as though that's bad. So it's a whole hodgepodge of sexism and and what they call toxic masculinity, which for men out there who don't know, it doesn't mean that masculinity is toxic. It means masculinity is great. But you could de- you can define masculinity however you want. But some of the more toxic ways of defining masculinity are the ways that limit what you can do because you'll be seen as, quote, a girl, right? So we need to get over that stuff. So, but I was having one of these aforementioned hot flashes in a Pilates class like two months ago. No, I don't know what it was. Like it never came back. But I'm telling you like once every few months, I will be doing some kind of exercise and I'm getting hot. But I'm getting hot in a way that isn't, external where I'm sweating and I feel like, oh, I'm getting a workout. Turn on the fan. It's from inside. And I feel like the more I work out, the hotter it's getting. And I feel like I'm on fire and it's so uncomfortable. And then I get a little nauseous and, and I don't like it. And so I was having one of these moments in a class the other day. So I was modifying the shit out of everything. And because it had happened in the middle of class and I hadn't announced up front that I needed to take it slow, she came over and she's like, I know these can be tough. And I was like, it's not that it's hard. I'm just having a hot flash. So that's my message. Um, When I say that, it means get the fuck away from me. Don't come back and tell me I'm doing something wrong or that I know it's hard, but can you try a little harder? No, I'm having a whole different experience over here. You're lucky I'm staying in class. And so... She goes, oh, I'm sorry. You know, this like, I, she must have been like in her 20s. I said, no, it's fine. I, she goes, should we put the air conditioning on? I go, that might help, but it's, it's kind of internal. I go, stop, like, stop, like, just don't worry about me. And she goes, and then she kind of walked away and she was like, and she was like, uh, I don't think it's a hot flash though. I think it's just hot in here. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. My body's going through some different stuff right now. And she was like still standing near me. And I was like, I'm 45. So it's, it's different for me than everyone else in the class right now. She goes, oh, well, you look great. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This has to stop you guys. I'm not sad that I'm having a hot flesh. I've been all the ages. Like, yes, it sucks to get older. Nobody wants to die. Everybody gets sad that they can't be young and frivolous like they used to be. It's it, There's a lot of things that are less fun. You know, just like you're, all your friends are in different places and married with kids. And sometimes you're just like, you, there's not cute boys anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just life can be not that fun. But, But I'm also like, it's like if you said, oh, I'm 13, I just got my first period. Or I'm a 12-year-old boy, and my, I get hard for no reason in math class. Like, our bodies just do certain things at certain times in life, you know? And and I don't need to apologize for it or be consoled by someone in their 20s going, at least you look good. It not, doesn't fucking matter what anyone looks like. I'm I'm proud of everything. It it I don't care what your opinion on my looks is. I, I told you I was having a moment in class and like, just shut the fuck up. I don't need to hear about. So I got so mad um, that, I mean, I didn't storm off, but I just said, I, I don't feel like doing class anymore. And I left and uh, I kind of want to write to the studio and be like, you need to like not talk to older women about what they look like. It's so inappropriate. It's such internalized misogyny. And it's just like, Every time you tell an older woman that she doesn't look her age, you are telling her that it's unacceptable to be her age. It's just flat out. That's all it is. We don't need to care what people goddamn look like. I even had someone on my Instagram. My mom's 81. I posted a picture of her dancing by a pool because she was like, enjoy your life. And I was trying to tell my followers, enjoy your life. Come see one of my comedy shows. And this guy wrote, at what age is it appropriate to tell a woman she looks good for her age? Because I guess he listens to the podcast or he knows my stand-up act. And I'm like, why are you making this about my mom's fucking looks? Like, she's dancing by a pool. It's a cute old lady video. 
to remind young people, get off your goddamn butts, you know, and, and go see a show. And I'm like, my mom doesn't care if you think she looks young. She's had men up her grill her whole fucking life. She's from the goddamn 1930s. Like, you think she wants to hear one more unsolicited opinion from a man? No, just shut the fuck up. Just let it be. Let it be. Let it be. She's dancing by a pool. I posted it to sell tickets to a show. Must you always have to jump in with how people look for their age? Shut. We do, it doesn't matter. Huh. That's a classic Kirkman rant there. Listener email number two about working out. Hi, Jen. I've listened to the podcast for years. I think you should create a series of workout videos that combine whatever you typically do to stay in great shape. Pilates, micro arm with comedy. That will keep the viewer motivated to keep going. A YouTube channel is one option where you could do a DVD or streaming service. But if so, of course, I get a free copy. Okay, I'm never doing that. I'm not qualified. It doesn't interest me. And you're just basically saying, why don't you start a business that will most likely fail? In addition to all your other failed businesses, like trying to even get a fucking comedy special is what I do. You think any of the potential buyers right now have bought? Why don't you have another special? I don't know. Ask HBO, ask Netflix, ask Amazon. They've all come to my shows multiple times. They're not interested anymore. Why am I going to create a workout video? You, You people out of your fucking mind. But I will tell you this. I will tell you guys where to go if you if you enjoy. Uh, again, I, I will always tell you, you you just see clips of someone on the Internet for five minutes. My body changes shape every day. I've gained eight pounds this week from traveling. Is it all fat? No, but the body is crazy and water weight. It's all a nightmare. It's all a nightmare. So but if you want lean muscle, reformer Pilates and I do this class called Model Fit, which I love because it, it's a little bit like throwback to the 80s. There's like 35, 30 minutes of like cardio dancing in quotes. But it also has my favorite kind of move, like low impact where you do a lot of stuff with your arms. And it, and every time I tell people, they go, you have great arms. How do you do it? And then they tell me what they do for a workout. I'm like, you don't need to do all that. You just need to do micro arm movements. And I'll show them. It's like doing little airplane arms. And you don't even need weights. I mean, you can use weights. And if you do them every day, I'm telling you, you'll see a difference. It's this. It's a weird thing. And a lot of um, Model Fit has to do with balancing. So you're kind of doing weird, small weight things, but you're having to balance the whole time. And that that helps the muscles too. And everyone I know just blows it off. It goes, no. I go, okay, well then I'm telling you what I do. So if you Google on YouTube Model Fit, there are some free classes that you can do and you don't even need accoutrements. You can do it without weights, but if you have a two pound hand weight, if you have a band, I'm telling you it works. And when I'm on the road, um, that's what I do in my hotel room. And then I do Pilates reformer classes. And so that's it. And then I walk. I take a hike. I hate spinning. I hate hilt or hit or Barry's boot camp. You don't, I don't believe you need all that. The, the point is create lean muscle and then that burns fat all day long while you're just sitting around. And then walking is like God's gift to us. So that's what I like to do. I don't even need to make a video. I've just told you guys where to go. And so there you go. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, all right, let's get to the gender reveal parties. Now, here's what I don't understand. They seem to be more popular than ever. But aren't we sort of like post-gender in that sense that, that you know, I think there are something like 37 genders. And it's kind of seen as like, especially when you're a baby, like, I get that you can be born with a penis and that you can be born with a vagina and there's a certain biology to put it very basic. Yes, you have a man's penis and a woman's vagina. That's great. Okay. But how you identify yourself is a choice you get to make once you start speaking and and your brain starts working. So babies are so genderless anyway in so many ways that you're really just saying it's a penis or it's a vagina. And then, you know, again, your kid could end up not identifying as a boy or a girl and so or the the thing they were born into. So what is, what is the point of the gender reveal? Because literally nobody cares. Like 
Literally nobody cares. When people ask you, what are you having a boy or a girl? It's because we don't know what else to say. It just sort of comes tumbling out of our mouths. Um, Maybe we need to change up the small talk on that. So when someone says you're pregnant, we ask, how does it feel? What What's your favorite part about it? What are the challenges? What, you know, and anything. Ask them, what do you want to name the baby? What, what, you know, what are you excited about with the baby? We don't care what the gender is. Now, I can see caring what the gender is if you're the mother or the parent and you're like, ugh, you know, stereotypically boys run around more and I'm tired. I want a girl or I want a girl because I want to I want her to like all the same things I do and she's going to be my best friend. You know, whatever expectations parents put on, I can see where they might think the gender is a big deal, especially if they're they find out it's the gender that, that wasn't their first hope and then it might take a while to come down off that. So, you know, I remember watching the Rachel Zoe project, that reality show about Rachel Zoe, the the fat, the stylist to the stars and also has her own clothing label. I live for Rachel Zoe. And she has two boys. And all she wanted when she got pregnant was to have a little girl and she was going to dress her up at the runway shows and take her around with her. And then she found out she was having a boy and she said she cried for a couple weeks and then she got over it. Now she dresses up her boys like super fashionable. So... But my point is, even if you're not woke, haven't you sort of heard the word by now that gender is becoming less about I'm born with a penis, I'm born with a vagina, and that it's it's this whole other thing. And a gender reveal party is really meaningless because it who cares? But also, besides all that, let's say nobody's woke and we have two genders. You're a boy with a penis. You're a woman with a vagina. That's it. Nope. You go to jail <laughs> if you <laughs> decide to be non-binary. Like, let's just say that's just like not even an option. Nobody cares about the gender of your baby. Nobody cares about your baby at all. I mean, my friends who have kids, I care about their kids because I have an inroad to the child. Like my friend just had a baby. I spent I spend time with the baby every couple of weeks. It's I love this baby so much. She just I'm like, I don't want her to grow up. My friends' kids are adorable. I love my friends' kids. And so, and I obviously don't hate children. But my point is, in a general way, if someone's having a baby, I think of it as a very personal experience for them and their family. And I don't need to be involved in any of it until the baby is born. And if you need me to babysit or I come visit and go coochie coo or you send me a video and I go, oh my God, they're so cute. And I mean it. I'm happy to be in their life because now they're, but this whole thing where we've got to get excited. That's your business, the gender reveal. That, who, nobody cares. And you already had, what, you had a baby shower as well? And so, I mean, it's too much. It's too much for everyone, you know? So here's what happened. Family members at the party where expectant parents were announcing the sex of their baby inadvertently created a pipe bomb that killed a woman in Iowa, a sheriff said. A woman in Iowa died during a gender reveal announcement on Saturday after flying debris from an explosion from what amounted to a homemade pipe bomb struck her. The woman, Pamela Kramer, 56, died instantly after she was struck in the head by a piece of metal from a device that was intended to reveal the sex of the baby. Guests gather at gender reveal parties to watch expectant parents announce the sex of their baby. I mean, if that's not... The announcements have become more elaborate with some involving plumes of smoke, pops of confetti, or explosive effects to the shades of blue and pink. That's what I mean. Are we really going back to this basic blue and pink thing? Like, most people aren't doing that anymore. Like, who is going backwards in time with this shit? On Saturday afternoon, members of the Kramer family and the expectant mother were at a home in Knoxville, Iowa, the investigation showed that members of the Kramer family were experimenting with different types of explosive material on Friday and Saturday in an attempt to record a gender reveal that could be posted on social media for friends and family. No, that, that's not what you were doing. You were trying to have the best thing so everyone would talk about how great you are and how great it was. And this innocent life that's inside of you has no idea you're doing this in his or her name or their name. And 
Why are you doing it? To get attention. Don't you have enough attention? You're pregnant and your wife's having a baby. And you're going to get attention from the baby because we are biologically designed to love what births us. Even if they're fucking psychos like you two. You're going to get a lot of attention from the baby. What? hole is in your life that you have to go do this and and make it anyone's even if the pipe metal bomb that you made went off without a hitch what is it our business that you need to do this we don't care we're just being polite nobody cares about the gender of your kid and i will go further to say nobody cares all that much that you're having one tell us once we're like we get it now our friend is pregnant we move on and go about our business now there's a woman who's dead because you had to do something elaborate to announce the gender of your kid and how is that not a pall over the pregnancy you have killed someone by being so selfish and aren't we child free people always taught the most selfless thing you can do is have a baby I'll tell you right fucking now that is not true I'll tell you right fucking now it's a hard thing to do it's every day you really can't stop it. You can't return it. I get it. It is really hard. And you do have to think of your kid before you think of yourself. But I got to tell you, that's how it's supposed to be. So you're not extra selfless. That is a situation that calls for selflessness. There are many situations that call for that. And many people without kids also have similar situations. It may just not be 24-7. Absolutely. But don't tell me that part of this Being a parent, there aren't moments where you just want some goddamn attention. And you just, for some people, it is not an altruistic thing. It is... It is obnoxious. Like there's there's selfish people on child free and who have children. There's selfish people. And it's gonna be enhanced sometimes if you have kids, and it's gonna be enhanced sometimes if you're child free, right? There's some old saying like if you get famous, it doesn't change you, but it just it it enforces who you already were. So don't tell me that you automatically don't become selfish because you have a kid. Look at these assholes. Someone is dead. So so now someone is dead because they had to reveal this gender. Now is the mother depressed? Is the, I mean, now you've, you're actually harming the energy of the baby. Now when you have a baby, they're going to go, where's aunt blah? Well, we killed her. I don't know if the person was related, but she was at the very least a neighbor. Oh, Tom, who's that p- a picture of mommy? Oh, that's Karen. Where's Karen? She died. How? We made a pipe bomb and it exploded in her face. Why did you do that? Well, we were trying to tell everyone what your gender was. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm non-binary, you, you dumbass pricks. Well, we didn't know that then. You had a vagina, so we put a pink confetti in a pipe bomb and burst it in the neighbor's face. And now she's dead. She was great. You would have loved her Christmas cookies. Well... This sounds awful. I'm full of guilt now. I have to go to therapy. We don't believe in therapy. That's selfish. Just have kids and it'll change your life. Um, Another gender reveal. This just happened. This was in the New York Post. A recent plane crash, a fucking plane crash in Texas was caused by a gender reveal stunt that went completely off the rails. I would say it's off the rails the minute you decide to do a gender reveal. You're already off the rails. You're already not in touch with reality. The pilot of the plane was flying at a low altitude on September 7th in the town of Turkey, not far from the Oklahoma border. But when the pilot released the 350 gallons of pink water, do you think maybe we have uh, better things to do with water than um, turn it pink? 350 gallons of pink water for the gender reveal. The stunt caused the plane to slow down and get aerodynamically stalled. The plane slammed into the ground and flipped over. Two people on board suffered only minor injuries. Well, Jesus, that's a relief. The planned announcement, uh, yeah, created an expo. So there you go. Planes crashing, people getting shrapnel in the face, all because you want to say weird shit about if your baby has a poo-poo or a pee-pee. You're all insane. You know that? You're out of your fucking minds, and don't make it our problem. Oh, that's a good one. So here's the deal. You're going to come see me on tour. I got six more dates left this year. I, I took a writing job. Um, which I'm really excited about. As you know, whenever I get writing jobs, I don't talk about them much on the show because I don't believe it is my business to spread everything around. But it couldn't be more perfect for me. I'm really excited about it. Right now, it's for a few months. I'm hoping they extend me a few months beyond that. And I'm hoping to get more and more writing jobs. I'd like to tour less as it didn't really work out financially advantageous this year. My audiences are getting smaller. Um, You know, that's just how it looks some years. So 
If you do go see me, please do. I want to just have these last six shows go out with a bang. As I mentioned before, I am in San Francisco and Durham and Richmond and Los Angeles and Sacramento and San Diego. And if I do say so myself, I've never been fucking funnier. I love my act right now and I love doing it. So what you're going to do is you're going to buy tickets in advance because that lets me know that you're coming. JenKirkman.com, click tour. And, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but the more people that come, the more the comedian actually makes money. So if we don't think anyone's coming, we're like, oh God, like we're not going to pay our rent this month. And then you all show up and it's great, but I like to know in advance. So, and you can, um, hashtag Jen Kirkman tour, and you can just post about it on Twitter or somewhere. I'll find it. I'll retweet you. It'll be fun. And so again, go to the new, um, Instagram page at Jen Kirkman Podcast. Please use the Twitter address at Having Funlessness Pod. That really helps. A lot of you guys will DM me on my regular Instagram or you'll tweet at me on my regular Twitter. I want to build the community of my podcast. So try to use those things. That would be great. I am at 1,964 reviews. I want to get to 2020 by 2020. So rate me five stars, give a review on iTunes. Try not to shit on me. That's sort of not the point of me asking, but you know. I can't control you. And so there you go. I mean, this is super fun. And I am part of a super awesome podcast family. I'm part of the Sklarbro country family. And so you can go check out all of the great podcasts that are uh, part of that network. Obviously, my friends, the Sklar Brothers, who have a great podcast um, called Dumb People Town and also one called View from the Cheap Seats, um, Throughline with Jay Larson, Checking In with Mary Lynn. Jonah Ray Radio, the Well Read Podcast, all of these are on that network. Go to sklarbrocountry.com, S-K-L-A-R-B-R-O, country.com. And there's so many ways to listen to my podcast, CastBox FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, obviously, whatever you're listening to on it now. What? It on? You know what I'm saying. I just learned to speak English this morning. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Come see me on tour and definitely check out that merchandise sale at Tee Public. Holy shit. 35% off. And there's so much fun stuff in there. So get on it. Get your I meditated today, motherfucker, tank top and soft sweatshirt and pillow. I have all of them and I have the tote bag as well. And I can vouch for them. They're all really awesome. So there you go. Get on it. Congrats, Keanu Reeves. Everybody with the kids' genders, nobody cares. Let's stop doing that. And uh, everybody, get your workout on. Micro muscle movements is the way to go. Until next week, have fun.